Welcome to the Meta Business Podcast. The Metaverse and Web3 are bringing about the biggest revolution since the internet itself. With your hosts, Paul the Prophet Dawalibi and Jeff the Juice Cohen, we will be bringing you the latest Metaverse business news and insight into what it all means. The Meta Business Podcast starts now. From the boardroom to the Metaverse, this is the Meta Business Podcast. I am Paul Dawalibi. I'm joined today by my friend and co-host, Jeff the Juice Cohen. For those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. What we do here is we cover the most pressing metaverse news and topics of the week, but we look at all of it through a business and C-suite lens. We dissect, we analyze the, the implications of everything happening in the metaverse sector. For our returning listeners, thank you guys for tuning in every week. I know we're just, this is episode seven, we're just a few episodes in here, but we really appreciate it. If you guys have gone to your favorite podcast app, if you've subscribed to the podcast, uh, make sure you leave a review if you can. I know some of the we're still too new for some of the podcast apps to leave a review, but if you get a chance, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button, and you'll get notified when all the latest episodes come out. And it really helps us uh, to promote the podcast to others because it will surface to the top of the list, and others will discover the podcast. So, Jeff, how you doing this week? Doing good. First uh, podcast of the new year, so excited to get going. I think we have a lot to live up to. I mean, we, we both agreed that our last episode was our best one yet. So we'll see <laughs> if uh, we can keep the momentum going or if that was just, you know, a one-time thing and we never hit, hit those highs again. Like a we peaked. We like peaked journey or something. Six. <laughs> yeah. A one hit wonder. Um, that's true. I, you know, I keep forgetting. I, I've done a few shows now uh, and I keep forgetting to wish our listeners a happy new year, but it's because it's all just kind of melded into a, like the end of the year and the new year we we didn't stop we didn't take a break we keep putting out episodes rain or shine holiday or not new year or not uh you guys can always expect to get a meta business podcast episode so um let's jump into it uh jeff we have we have a good number of stories here that i really want to get to and and i i really like this first one it's very different from anything we've sort of talked about uh so far and the headline here is What's the healthiest chart in crypto? The developer count. And, and this is an article that was from Coindesk. Uh, and it says here, an annual report from venture firm Electric Capital says the total number of new developers jumping on the blockchain in 2021 broke previous highs. Uh, I'm going to scroll down here. This is all the number of Web3 monthly active developers since 2009, if you see this chart. Obviously, we've seen huge increases. In the last year, uh, but that's a 75% increase since January 2021 to today, so in the last year, and almost 8,000 new monthly active developers operating in the Web3 space. I mean, what's the, what's the takeaway for you here, Jeff? What, what, what do you sort of, so when you look at this, what do you conclude? There's a couple of interesting things here. One, if you, you know, can you pull it back up, Paul? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I, I guess for you guys not looking at it, it'll be worth you know checking out. It's interesting how the chart really it, it plateaus for basically two years. So what the chart looks like, you see typical exponential growth basically from you know the beginning of Bitcoin or or blockchain kind of coming out until January 2018, and then from January 2018 to basically January 2020. So for two full years, the chart like essentially plateaus. And so the number of developers developing kind of these Web3 blockchain type uh, um, apps was basically flat for, for two plus years. And then it goes vertical again, which is 
very interesting. I guess if it, it probably, you know, if you look at the chart versus the price of Bitcoin or Ethereum, you'll probably see, I'm sure, between 2018 and 2020, you know, that was kind of the crypto winter where you had a lot of these things getting crushed, um, you know, after what was the early hype. Um, so that's my one takeaway, just looking at the chart visually. Takeaway number two, obviously, more developers is great. Um, you know, that that's just should be a given. Um, the more developers we see adopting this technology, the better that is for the ecosystem, the more likely we do to get we get uh, better apps and better games, um, better technology. So that's great for everyone. And then the third takeaway I have is it's crazy how low this number is. And I saw someone pointed this out on Twitter, probably I think it was with the same chart, but if I'm reading this correctly, it's basically saying there are only 20,000 developers for Web3 on yeah, total. Yeah. That so there are more that, developers on that work at Amazon or Facebook than <laughs> the entirety of Web3. So what that means to me is number one, we still are very early in this game. Yep. And two, these people are about to make a ton of money because they are going to be in high demand with every company uh, pivoting to the metaverse and having a metaverse strategy. You want to be one of these 20,000 people. And if you're not one of these 20,000 people, you probably want to learn the skill set because <laughs> yeah. that is going to be in high demand. So those are my three, you know, I didn't look at this chart before we talked about it. So those are my three hot takes. I, I love it. I, I think it's super insightful. I don't, I don't know how hot it is because I do, I couldn't agree more, right? Like I just, I think this is such a leading indicator and it, it's like classic for old tech folks like classic Steve Ballmer moment. You guys, I don't know if you remember, uh, the, there's this sort of video of him on stage yelling developers, developers, developers at yeah. like some Microsoft conference. And, you know, it was kind of a silly video, but a big core of, you know, Microsoft strategy at the time was, you know, courting developers to, to write for Microsoft windows and build, you know, applications on top of windows and sort of this philosophy that the more developers that support your platform, the healthier the whole ecosystem is going to be. So like translated to this, this is great news, right? Seeing 75% growth in a year of the developers who are building Web3 stuff um, means hugely promising future, means, you know, call it a leading indicator. Everyone's extremely bullish, right? That's kind of obvious. I think to your point though, and, and this is where I think you were super insightful, it's not too late, right? Like, you're not too late to this, whether you're a developer, whether you're an investor, whether you're uh, just, you know, a professional working in some other business, you are so early to this, right? If you're looking at the metaverse space right now or Web3 and going, hey, you know, what, what do I want to do here? What can I do? Where can I go work? First of all, the options are basically endless. Second of all, you haven't missed the boat at all, like not even close because to your point, I mean... Facebook said they're hiring 10,000 people just for their new metaverse initiatives. You got to assume a lot of those are going to be developers, right? Even if half, only half of them are developers, 5,000 on a current base of 18,000, right? Like you're going to, you're going to see huge numbers as from a percentage basis coming into the ecosystem. Um, so definitely not too early. I, I really like seeing this kind of thing because it's the kind of metric that most people pay no attention to, right? But is extremely telling of the health of a trend or the health of some future, you know, uh, outcome. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of those things that you just don't try. Like 
everyone talks about the billions of dollars flowing into the space, but I think even more telling than that are the number of developers who are operating and building stuff there. Absolutely. You know, um, 100%. All right, let's, um, let's talk about, there wasn't much more to talk about there. I just think <laughs> it was important for us to highlight for, for our listeners. Let's talk about Walmart. Um, the second story here, I think, was super, again, kind of interesting in terms of the headline. The headline was, that Walmart VR shopping video is old news but so is the metaverse. This is from The Verge. And they're referencing a clip from 2017. And it says it shows how aged the metaverse already is. And, uh, you know, in this video, it's supposedly how Walmart envisions shopping in the metaverse. So you have this virtual avatar browsing shelves of virtual groceries. They, you know, they, they put the items into the shopping cart. And you know, it says responses to the clip. I'm reading directly from the article here. Responses to the clip have been suitably mocking, criticizing the VR experience for its pointless skeuomorphism and outdated visuals. Um, and it is four years old, to be fair. Uh, it was shown at South by Southwest, which is a huge tech conference, tech and entertainment or media conference. Um, but what do you think of sort of the second part of this, Jeff? Uh, let me ask two questions. One. You know, is there any part of this Walmart metaverse that you think four years later was super, you know, uh, ahead of its time, like, like, uh, like they were oracles? And second well, of all, sorry, no, I, I'll give them some credit that the, that the fact that they were putting out a video about the metaverse in 2017 makes them shockingly like somewhat pretty early, especially for a, a big company that's not uh, what you would call tech, particularly tech savvy. So give them some credit for that. Um, having said that, I do like that this has now resurfaced itself and sort of become a meme, um, <laughs> you know, now that the metaverse is such a big buzzword. I did watch that video and I was like, wow, this is terrible. And even someone who's clearly, you know, bullish enough on the metaverse to, you know, co-host a, a weekly podcast on it. I was thinking to myself, this is, this is not good. Like my wife saw the video and was like, is that is that the metaverse thing that you you and Paul are doing the podcast on? Like that doesn't seem cool. Uh, so, so I didn't love that. I had to explain no, not the metaverse, um, or at least I hope that's not how the metaverse turns out. But it's kind of got me thinking. Like, is it just because it was poorly done, or is it like why would anyone need to go grocery shopping in the metaverse? Like, is it just yeah. tasks like that are not something that you would need to do in a metaverse? So clearly, it's going to be a worse experience because. There's no reason you would have to do that. I mean, those were kind of my two follow-up questions, right? Which is that one, which I think we've touched on before, but I think it will be a recurring question of like, does the metaverse, capital M, need to be a one-to-one, like, you know, imitation of the real world? Like, because to your point, right? Like, why, why do we need to go grocery shopping at Walmart in the metaverse, right? You could you can do that just fine from a web page right? Or from a physical Walmart. If, but I get it. If you don't want to have to go to the physical Walmart, you could, you could, the webpage serves that purpose, right? Like what is, what does a metaverse do better um, other than maybe provide a more, you know, life, like, like IRL experience, right? Like it's, it's closer to actually going shopping. Um, but from a utility standpoint, it doesn't seem that much better. The second part of my question is like, is the metaverse already old news, right? The, the headline sort of alludes to this, like, hey, this is not new, right? This is old news. 
And I, I'm curious if you no, agree with uh, that to get, part. Your, to get the, to answer the second question first, I think, no, I, I don't agree with that. It's another, is a classic example of something I think we've seen and we've touched on in other episodes. The, the sort of old guard of gaming media is very anti-Web3 blockchain metaverse, it seems to me. And so they love putting these clickbaity titles out and, and kind of punching down and be like, oh, see, th- is this really what you want from the metaverse? See, it's, it's not that great. Like, uh, so I, I think there is a bit of that, we'll call it a boomer, kind of old school uh, <laughs> gamer media attitude to play here. And it works. It's, it's clickbaity. It gets, it gets clicked. So I, I can appreciate that. Um, on the first question, I kind of forgot what your question was, but I wanted to kind of caveat to what I had said about why would you want to go grocery shopping in the metaverse? Do you need to do mundane tasks like that? I remember a couple of years back when EA put um, laundry in the Sims, people you know, at first were like, well, that's ridiculous. Like, Why would anyone want to do that? And it actually ended up being like a highly requested feature and something that drove a lot of engagement, um, which is borderline crazy because nobody likes doing laundry in real life. You don't need to do laundry in the metaverse. That's one of the, the benefits of being in a digital world, your, your clothes don't get dirty. And if they do, you can just, you know, click a button. You don't need to go do laundry. Um, but it was very popular. So to me, it's a, it says maybe there will be grocery shopping in the metaverse, but it needs to be a gamified experience. The reason people like doing laundry in Sims because it was gamified. It was part of their, their avatar, their family, their everyday life. Uh, whereas this was just some South by Southwest thing that they, you know, they put up on a screen. There was nothing behind it. Is it fair to say that if you are going to imitate real life in the metaverse, that the fidelity of the experience starts to matter, whereas it might not otherwise? Like, like if you're creating a fantasy world, it's not real, like meaning it's not, it's not, it's not drawn from the real world in any way, right? It's totally made up. It's totally fantastical. The fidelity of the experience matters less than if I'm saying, you're going to go to Walmart in the metaverse where now if it doesn't look and feel like a Walmart, if the person you're interacting with doesn't look like the greeter at Walmart, right? And the, the fidelity, fidelity of the experience is super high. The graphics are super high, right? Like, does it start to matter if, if we are replicating real life experiences or is that do not That's agree a really interesting that. point. I don't, I don't know if I can make a blanket say, but I think your take makes sense where it's basically like it, it needs to be more if it's going to be something realistic, like I'm walking to the gas station or driving a gas station, putting gas in my car, like another thing like you would think nobody wants to do in the metaverse. It needs to be super realistic where I'm like, wow, I really feel like I'm going to the <laughs> gas station, putting gas in my car. Whereas yeah. if I'm like flying as a dragon and then like blowing fire out of my face, like you're like, well, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> matter that I know I'm in a video game. Like this is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll buy that. I'll buy that. Well, uh, this, this is sort of a good tie in with, with this next story, which I thought was interesting only because it sounds so fantastical. And, and, you know, CES is, is sort of, uh, we're in the middle of CES now. Um, and we're seeing a lot of sort of announcements for new tech. And the headline here, this was a press release. In with Corp shows off the ultimate metaverse wearable at CES 2022. Like right away, that caught my eye, obviously, right? You, you're the one that sent me this story. Ultimate metaverse wearable. And then the, the, the subheadline drew, drew me in even more. It said, electronic contact lens platform could be the ultimate way to view the future metaverse. And 
And so, uh, you know, I, I want to discuss this, Jeff, but I want to frame it in, you know, on the business of esports, which is our sister podcast, we have talked and I've spent a lot of time sort of talking about how accessories, hardware, for the most part, gets largely ignored, right? It's the software and the experiences and the games that people talk about a lot, because that's mostly what we interact with and hardware feels sort of interchangeable to people, right? A mouse is a mouse, a keyboard's a keyboard. People have preferences, but it doesn't make big news. With the metaverse, you know, we've talked about how we may see this renaissance in hardware, this sort of com- golden age of hardware that's going to make the metaverse possible. When you see a headline like this, what do you think of? Like uh, soft contact lenses that are going to allow us, according to the press release, I'll word for word here, enabling easy transition from real world to metaverse at will. Like, is this is this marketing? Do you think we're close? Do you think, you know, I'm just curious what your take is on on something that sounds this fantastical. My take is I'm innately skeptical, as I think you probably know. So, I, you know, and maybe people who are listening don't know yet, but I am innately skeptical of things. So like my first take is probably something like this is too good to be true. And it's also coming from a press release put out by the company. Um, you know, so you have to take that with a grain of salt. This isn't someone used it or an article written by a third party press. Uh, if this actually is true and, and, and works, it's revolutionary, right? Like this is sort of what we've, what we've all been, been thinking is coming at some point is, Hey, I'm walking down the street. I have something on my eyes, whether it's glasses, lenses, contacts seem to be actually the, the least invasive. And I could just go into the metaverse or, in, or AR. Cause I, I am, I am, we've talked about this on other episodes. Like I am, a little, I'm a believer that there's an AR component to the metaverse where, you know, it, it might be putting digital things into our physical world, not necessarily putting us into a digital world all the time. Um, but to me, you know, this press release just screams of a lot of hype and I, I'm not sure I believe it. Well, this is the, this is one of the photos they had. So showing like a contact lens with essentially circuitry. Uh, if someone walked up to you with that right now, would you put it on your eyes? Yes, I would actually (laughs) in a second, I would, (laughs) what I, what I wonder is that, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me because I believe in this future, right. And I believe the problems are not just software. we spend a lot of time talking. I think we've probably spent all our time talking about software and we talk about blockchain and we talk about crypto and we talk about gaming, right. All essentially software products. But fundamentally, we've had little conversation around how do we how do you access the metaverse, right? What is the gateway? And other than, you know, Meta slash Facebook's Oculus product and a few other sort of smattering of VR headsets, there's not a ton of discussion, right? There's Enreal that has some AR goggles. There's, you know, a few other small players here and there. But it's not like the technology problem has been solved, right? Like we're all talking about the metaverse as if it's, it's, it's just a software problem that's coming tomorrow, right? We just, as per our first story, we just throw more developers at it, right? And it's all mm-hmm. just going to happen. I think that's a beautiful thought, but until we have something like this contact lens, I don't know if we're truly going to have the capital M metaverse where I'm very curious and intellectually curious is like, how do you power these things, right? Like this, the, this is great, this contact lens, but 
Just put a charger in your belly button. What, <laughs> what, what powers this thing, right? Like, um, and so there's like, there's, there's, I think tough hardware problems to solve still. I love the idea of this future. Um, I think if I see white space, you know, we, I, you know, we always like to, I think, talk about where there are investment opportunities, where there are opportunities to make money. No question, you know, building software around the metaverse to that first story, there's opportunity. But I just think there's so much white space still around all the hardware that's going to get people on into that into that those worlds, right? What is the what are the gateways, the physical gateways, the hardware gateways? It's um, definitely the hardest problem to solve, and I, which kind of leads me to think that there may be only a few companies on the planet that can solve it that are great at making hardware at scale. Like I, I don't know, maybe there's a reason why not so many people are going after it because it is the harder part. Like, I don't know, would you invest in a hardware startup that was look? Would you invest in this company, actually, right? If they came to you right now, no idea what they're worth, no idea anything about this company besides this press release. Would you, and what valuation would you put on this company knowing only what we read? So just now. What I've learned as, as you know, being a VC for, for many, many years um, is where I don't want to be investing is in the science. Right. If the science isn't figured out, it's too early to be investing as a VC. Right. And yeah, I get it. Maybe there are some funds that specialize in that, but they're structured for that. Right. The expectations are different. The, re- the risk and return profiles are different. The investors are going there. Are different. For the most part, most VCs should or most angel investors, most investors in general shouldn't be investing in science. So like if this contact lens is still at science stage, right, like there's still science to be figured out before you can actually make this. That's too early, right? Too early to be doing it. And, and I don't fully agree that only the biggest companies can solve these problems, right? I think biggest companies will buy a lot of the small companies solving smaller problems that lead to sort of the bigger solution, right? Maybe sure. InWith has figured out how to embed, which is what it sounds like, how to embed circuitry in a soft contact lens. And it's some other company that has figured out, you know, how can you power this from, you know, the movement of your eyelids or something like that, right? And yeah. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be a one all-in-one solution. Uh, but I think it's a piece of the ecosystem that is ignored. And I will continue to say that because I think there's a ton of opportunity here in terms of the metaverse on-ramp. I don't know if we're willing, like purposely ignoring, but it can't just be Oculus, right? Like I just, I, I can't believe that that's going to be the only on-ramp to the metaverse. And it's not your browser because then it's not true metaverse, right? Well, that's what I was going to say. It depends on your definition of the metaverse. (laughs) Um, It kind of gets, if if you're thinking about web for web three, quote unquote, you don't necessarily need these on-ramps to get to the metaverse as we've sort of defined it, then then you do. Jeff, that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. Um, It flies by every week. Um, For our listeners, guys, just again, Make sure to subscribe. So if you, if wherever you get our podcast, if it's on Google Play or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe or follow button so you get news whenever we put out a new podcast. We're going to keep doing these every week. We'd love some of your feedback. Reach out to Jeff. Reach out to myself. Uh, anywhere you can, you find us on Twitter, on LinkedIn, wherever. Would love your feedback. And uh, hope everyone is enjoying the show. We will see you guys next week. See you guys. Thanks for joining us here on Meta Business. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast everywhere you get your podcasts, leave a five-star review, and tell your friends, family, and colleagues all about us. 
Also, make sure to follow MetaTV on all socials to get more of the best Metaverse content anywhere. Tune in every week for another episode of Meta Business.